Brian Hinneman on Lou Whitney and other matters. DaleWileyShow.com. Am I talking to Brian Hinneman? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, I've been waiting for this all week. Woohoo! Tell me how your week's been. What's the hat? How's your week been? Oh, like every week since the first of the start of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. It's been like Groundhog Day since March. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it luckily, has. that first luckily that first week was pretty good, so it's been hanging in there. So we're doing all right. Right. Well, that's good. And so, how has the pandemic been for you? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it's uh, yeah. You know, I, I I like being home. I'll say that being at home is is awesome. And right. I'm actually a lucky one that has a. Uh, you know, job that wasn't affected by it, working at the vintage right. guitar shop. Right. So we're just doing we're just doing mail order, you know, and and internet orders, and so we're not even open to the public. So that's been great. So I've still been making money, and you know, I did some things that were good for me. I gave up smoking, which was awesome, and that's that was wonderful. done. That saved me about a freaking million dollars a week, <laughs> and uh, gave up smoking. Took up Stratocasters, so I. I <laughs> So well, yeah, it's been a, it's, the one that you told me about. Tell me that story because that was a good story. Oh man, that is a good story. It was. It was actually. <laughs> I was just. I was just. You know, tooling around on Reverb, the you know musical instrument sales site one night, right. and I actually found. You know, I saw this guitar and it, it looked. You know, it wasn't like I was looking for a Stratocaster, but but the the story was too good, and I know the guy who had the guitar. So okay. you know, he was he was a guy I know who used to live in St. Louis, and he ended up moving to Kansas City. But it was, long story short, it's a 1979 Stratocaster that was that this friend of mine that I know in Kansas City actually purchased from the owner of it. Right. And it had been for sale on, like, Facebook Marketplace, and he found it there. And then, he, Anyway, let's, let's cut to the chase. The guitar <laughs> was owned by the same guy for 40 years. Wow. And, and he lived in central Missouri and played country music. On this guitar, this was an uncirculated to the public, you know, for sale guitar for pretty much since it was new, and 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 so and so it's you know it's a guitar with forty years of country music through it, and I thought, man, I just gotta get that, (laughs) and and it was like when I got a hold of my guy I know who had it, he was just like, yeah, you know, you you do got to get that. (laughs) I just, just, you know, know, I'm not playing any gigs. I had way too many guitars in the house. They were taking up the bedroom closet, the upstairs closet. So I just kept throwing guitars at him until he said stop, until I could get this guitar. (laughs) Well, it's also the pickups. Tell me about the pickups. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's that's kind of a... That that was part of the great part of the story. It, it, right. it was apparently this fellow that owned the guitar for forty years got it secondhand, but and when he got it, it had these three Darzio pickups already installed. Everything that's in the guitar has been there since he owned it. He didn't change a thing on it. Right. So so you know he's it, and but the great part is like the bridge pickup is called the SDS one, which is that stands for in Demarzio pickup terminology, super distortion Stratocast. <laughs> so, so, so here's a guy who has for 40 years played country music in central Missouri with a super distortion Stratocaster <laughs> pickup in his guitar. And then the other two are FS1s, which stand for Fat Strat. Well, I, I, my 
theory is the guy probably just never really got off the next pickup. He probably never even used that SDS one, but but you know who knows. So anyway, it was just just too too good of a guitar to you know, and it, it, it's funny too because it's it's I don't think it's my heaviest guitar, but it's it's close. So it's right. heavy. It it's really difficult to play because it has very small frets. And it has these weird pickups in it, and it's just like it's my favorite guitar. It's like I just, I, <laughs> I, I, that, that's you know, that's part of kind of a pandemic thing, is just <laughs> overcoming. You know, I spend a lot of time just like you know, forcing myself to like learn new things. <laughs> right. And this really isn't a new thing. It's basically reverting back to an old thing because when I was a you know young guy first starting out, these are right. the types of guitars I had. So. So it's, it's kind of like if I use a certain type of pick, which I did get some, like I used back in those days. If I use if I use the Jim Dunlop Tortex seventy three okay. on a guitar like this, it is the friggin' time travel machine. I'm I'm, I'm twenty one <laughs> years old again, so I can sit in my kitchen and be twenty one on command. That's so fun. That's amazing. Yeah. And you said you won't ever change it out. Is that right? I won't ever do what. Change it out. Change no, it. heck no, heck no. It's like no. This, this, it's like that's you know, it's, it's too good to to mess with. You know, it had a new tuning machine. Everything was done to it was done when he got it. And it, it, you know, he, if he if he could do it, if he could play on that thing for forty years. I can play on it for whatever time I got left. <laughs> that's so fun. And so that's that's a pandemic story. And so I've been started. We've started an, an organization to fund musicians during the pandemic with the musical map of Missouri. And our first our first thing that we're gonna do on this event is we're doing a rock and roll toupee. That's Lou Whitney. We're gonna have Lou Whitney's face on it because that's his terminology. And I guess <laughs> it'd be fun to talk to you a little bit about Lou. Yeah, good old Lou. God man, I miss Lou. <laughs> yep. Tell me about him. Well, you know, Lou is a guy that I went very much like Eric Amble. I first knew Lou like being a fan of him, you know, so it it was like, and I became a fan of him through a friend of ours, Scott Taylor, who actually is a, you know, co-writer on Bottle Rocket songs through the years. But Scott Taylor was all hip to him long, you know, he, he hipped me to him, the Morels at that time. And, and, you know, this was in the early days of me being old enough to get into bars, right. you know. And so, <laughs> yes. so you know, the Morels would play once a month at Heartbreak Hotel in St. Louis, which is exactly. a place that's, that's long gone closed. Well, now it's a blues bar. But back then it was, you know, original music or rock music. They had blues in there, too, whatever, and it was a small bar. But once a month they would play there, and, and me and Scott Taylor would go up there, and I just loved them. You know, I just I just loved the band. It was like the best oh, band yeah. I ever saw. I mean, you know, like <laughs> every, everything about them was fantastic. And you know, and Lou was the, the bass player, and you know, and he was everybody in that band was great. There was not a bad. I mean, they were just phenomenal. I, exactly. I, I wasn't used to. For one thing, it was new to me to be in a small bar. Right. So, you know, that was a new excitement going on. Right. And because I'm used to the only concerts I ever saw were great big giant things, you know, yes. big giant. And it, that's one thing, but this was like totally different. And there was also like a much different kind of band than I was, you know, seeing in those right. days. And, and 
So there was a whole lot of excitement involved about it. And I just, you know, I just loved them as the band. I went to friggin' Streetside Records and, and bought the, uh, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. The record with which, yeah, yeah, the one with reds on the front. But, uh, <laughs> or, but yeah, it was like, the, you know, the day that that was available on vinyl, I was up there buying it. And, and it was, you know, I was just a big fan. And then, right. you know, as time passed, you know, I mean, a lot of time, got a band together, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and and lo and behold, as things often, you know, more often than I thought they would do, right. ended up, you know, working with Lou. It was right. like, it was like, like super fantastic thing. <laughs> like, yes. How could it not be, you know, from the fan dude <laughs> at Heartbreak Hotel so like right. the guy is, you know, making a record with, you know, he's 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 making a record I'm making happen, and right. and he was, you know, he was just the best. He was, I mean, you know, he well for one thing, Eric Amble's a whole another story. We're not even going to go there because we're talking about Lou. But it was through <laughs> Eric that I really really learned the legends of Lou. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean cuz Eric has, you know, he 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 really knew Lou and and really and so like whatever it was one of those instances where I thought a guy was really cool but then people were backing up my thoughts and making right. him even cooler than I thought he was. Um, so by the time by the time we were working with Lou, he was just a full-on legend in my mind and right. and <laughs> and he lived up to it. I mean yeah, he does. That's the yeah. deal. He was that big. He was that much of a personality. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, he was just—it's—it's hard to—it's hard for me to talk about him, you know, because he was—he was—he was just fantastic. I mean, there's very—you know—I can't think of so that many people in this world that were fantastic the way that he—he he was. Exactly. I, you know, I always, you know, talk to if if, if he comes up or whatever in some type of conversation or whatever, if if somebody doesn't know Lou and, and other people are talking about him. I feel sorry for the people who didn't know Lou. Oh, yes. was, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like, he just, he was one of those guys that just made life better. He made the world better. I mean, yes. his, 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 his whole attitude, his, his attitude was always exactly what you, you wanted. I mean, he, he <laughs> never failed with that. That's so right. That's so yeah. right. And I just love him. And I know that, that you don't know as many stories as Eric does, but I wanted to get you on tape talking about him because I really enjoy thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was like, you know, we did songs of some, he produced songs of some. Yes. And and we couldn't, it couldn't have been a better guy for the job. I mean, there's really no way. I mean, Doug Som wouldn't have done a better job. <laughs> That's a big compliment, definitely. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, Lou had all the, you know, he knew, you know, Lou knew how to freaking make rock and roll records. I mean, I'm talking about like real ones, you know, right. he was, he, he was around in the era. Like he knew that you don't turn your guitars up in the studio. That's not yeah. the sound of rock and roll. You turn your guitars down and then you mix right. them up. You know, yeah. it was all things like that. All these little tricks that he knew. And like, you know, we, we got him on, on one of the songs, I think it was be real. And, uh, you know, we needed that. We called it old guy guitar player, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, and Lou says, "I'm your man. <laughs> you, you want some old guy guitar playing? Let me play this." And and yeah. it was. It was like you know, he he played you know rhythm guitar the way Ernest Tubb played rhythm guitar. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, we don't know how to do that. We you know those that was a different, different thing. 
It was, you know, it's sort of a lost art, really, to have a guy that knows how to do it without being a guy who's, like, you know, slavishly replicating it. I mean, this is a guy that that's just how he plays. More with Brian after a minute. com. Do you love music? Do you know about the musical map of Missouri? Dallas Wayne, Chuck Berry, Dave Alvin, Robbie Folks, The Skeletons, The Ozark Mountain Daredevils, Uncle Tupelo, Wayne Carson, Nellie, Lou Whitney, Symptoms Morales, City, Jeff City, St. Louis, St. Joe, Columbia, Buckle of the Bible Belt, the Studio on South Avenue in Springfield, 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 Missouri. Add the Missouri Music Podcast to your list of favorites. Lawyer, author, and Slewfoot Records label owner Dale Wiley takes you on a musical trip around Missouri while raising funds for Musical Map of Missouri, a nonprofit organization which will help ensure Missouri musicians affected by COVID-19. Visit MissouriMusicPodcast.com for more information. Tune in to the Missouri Music Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Back with Brian, DaleWileyShow.com. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's actually a good point to start talking about E.T. and our connection to E.T. that we (laughs) made back in the 90s. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I can't even remember where you brought me that that thing, that, that, that movie flyer. Was that at Cicero's? No, I you... think it was. I think actually that Tony Mon- Mar- Margarita gave it to you and Jay and Jeff after those wonderful Coffee Creek shows. Okay, yeah, right. I knew. Yeah, so there is a Cicero's tie-in. So I mean, we're going yes. back. We're going way the hell back now. But <laughs> yeah. So so forgive my memory. It got I killed a lot of cells over those years. But <laughs> but yeah, it was it was. But anyway, it was you know just this awesome. Friggin' like movie poster that of a movie yeah, Ernest Tubb yeah, was in. Movie card is what they would have called it. That's yeah, movie card. Yep, and I, I to, still to this to this day it's hanging on my wall upstairs <laughs> in my guitar room. So it's it's it, there it is. I've had it since whatever year that was. That was because 94. it was ninety four. Right, yeah, ninety four. So. Yes, right yep. before the end of the book of the So that was yeah fun. right. Yeah, so, yeah, I get those years mixed up. But anyway, yeah, so, yeah, all, all these years, I mean, it's something that never got lost between, like, moves, you know, in my life. <laughs> it's like, it's all, I've always had it, and, and I still have it, and it's still on display, and it will be till I'm not around anymore. Right, that's fantastic. And, you know, that's one of the things is that, again, this connection, because both Jay and Jeff also loved Lou, and so that was fun to get to work with him what I did with Sloop, but it was just, it's all connecting back together. All the uh-huh. Time. Yeah, it's funny how it all, it, it does, man. It's just like, it comes around. <laughs> it definitely does. And then, of course, I gave you a nice little other guitar. Tell me about that. What's that? I'm sorry? What about the other guitar? Tell me about the that. The other guitar? The, the yes. hummingbird? Like the, yes. the best guitar in the whole fucking world? <laughs> <laughs> the guitar that made me cry? Right, it did. <laughs> it was like, that that makes you cry, but that did. That was that was that was. I still don't. I I still. I I don't know. I I still get choked up thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, that that was over at the guitar shop. It was Killer Vintage, you know. Was, that was that's wonderful. where I where I work, and that thing came in, and you know, it was, 
it was an expensive guitar. It was. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Guitar, definitely. I can't. I can't afford guitars like that. But I can certainly fall in love with them. And, and, <laughs> and you did. I did. It was like the best acoustic guitar I ever played. And and it was you know, making me you know. But you know, it's, there's certain things in life that I don't even think about. You know, like and right. and that's one of them because it's like this. You know. I may be, you know, whatever I am of a success in the music business, but I'm not a success enough to buy that. <laughs> right. So it's not not with a, you know, house payments and all that good stuff. And, and it, was, it was just above my friggin' means. But you know what? It's, you know, another day, another one of those, because I work in a vintage guitar <laughs> shop. <laughs> it's like that. You, you learn to get jaded real quick. You learn to, like, let that stuff go in yes. one eye and out the other. But that one was, you know, just super nice. And then just one day, all of a sudden, you know, this guy, Dale Wiley, decided <laughs> he wanted to own that guitar. And I was right. excited. I was thrilled. You know, I was yes. like, wow, cool. Somebody I know is going to get this right. freaking awesome guitar. And so that was, that. you know, that actually made me happy because I am happy right. to see guitars that I love find good homes. Yes. And I knew it would have a really great home. And right. so... That that was so. There it was, you know, thrill number one. It's like even though I right. couldn't have it, I, I wasn't I wasn't losing sleep over not being able to own it. But you know, it was right. every day I'd go to work, it'd be there, and I'd play it, and then you got it, and then I was happy as hell. And so right. that was it. And then we, then you know, forward, fast forward to we're making the South Broadway Athletic Club album, right? And you know, Roscoe was in town, and we were you know recording in St. Louis, and then you know, it was like you offered me. To you know, borrow that guitar for, for yes. the recording session, and and I was like, well, hell yeah! So so <laughs> there it was, you know, in my house. I borrowed a lot of guitars on that record, I, and, and some nice ones too. I got that one. I borrowed a ES three thirty five off my boss at Killer Vintage in nineteen sixty, and we had you know like this vintage guitar arsenal for that album. And and so and they were all here at my house because we were recording. You know, the studio was just a few blocks from my house. So right. I had this. It was like it was almost like a vintage guitar shop in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every night because I'd bring them home because I wouldn't leave them over there because you know I, I'm taking care of other people's guitars. So right. you know that's my responsibility. I'm bringing them home. And so then you know we anyway. Long story short, the, the Hummingbird was doing a fantastic job as I knew it would. It was like you know the the one guitar that you didn't have to do anything to in the studio, but put a microphone on it, you know, it was like, it just, it just recorded perfect. It was just, it, it lived up like Lou Whitney. It lived up to its legend. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and then one day, you know, it was like towards the end of the, the recording session. It, it, right. it may have even been the end. Yeah. I think we were maybe just list, like working on final mixes or whatever, or, right. And then, and anyway, this guy Dale Wiley comes <laughs> comes into the studio and, and was listening in on this stuff. And uh, right. and anyway, long story short, pulls me aside and and gives me that guitar. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to say. Still, still now, I don't know what to say. But. But thank you, Dale. That that was that was the most extravagant gift I ever received from anybody in the world. So and man. the deal for me was I just sat there and I, I enjoyed the guitar, but I just realized you needed to have that guitar. You deserved it. 
Oh, man. You. Well, I still thank you to the day. <laughs> and, and if I go before you do, I'm going to have it revert back to you. Well, that's wonderful. But the other cool thing you did is you gave your, your episode Zenith to my well, – it ended up being my – my um, my daughter Sarah has it now, and she's a wonderful guitar player. Well, that's fantastic. That's great yes. news, <laughs> right? Because you know, you just gave me this extravagant gift, and then I felt like the little drummer boy giving you what I could do. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't even a trade. You didn't ask for anything. I yes, just you know, I, I I just wanted to give you something in return. Right. So in a moment of generous, you know, from from. The most generosity I had to friggin' offer was, was right. the old Epiphone Zenith. And so, wow, that's a fantastic end to that story, too. That's great. Yes. So, I, you know, well, she's a left-handed guitar player, and she's really good, and I'm just so happy that she has that guitar because yes. that's another part of this story that I just, I love it. I think it's amazing. And that's so great. now, when we're talking about this musical map, I really, you know, the idea is to try to raise money for musicians and so I'm just so excited in the pandemic to be able to try to help people out and give more. That's the oh, whole idea. That's that's super great, man. That is that is so cool. <laughs> you know. So anyway, if people want to give, they could go to it's Musical Map of Missouri, or Music Map of Missouri, in PO Box three ninety, Crate, Missouri six five six three three, and I will get their money and. They've got a big account and everything. We're getting a 501c3, and we're creating this entire industry around this thing. It's so cool. Wow, that is, that's amazing, man. That it's is fun. so cool. <laughs> and I just thought it'd be fun to talk to you about it on the podcast, and just I just appreciate you so much, and I've always been such a big fan. Well, Dale, man, it's like, you know, freaking loved you forever so you even gave me a, you even gave me a ride home from work one day remember that i did i certainly i was out of nowhere i was i was waiting on the bus here. and there you were you're like some, you're, you're so like funny. clarence my guardian angel well, that's so fun and that's why i thought it'd be fun to have you on because i just love this story and i thought this was a great way to put it out there i definitely Man. do Wow. Well, you know, I'm I'm just wishing you, you know, total success with this thing because <laughs> we're gonna because have it's, a, it's a killer idea and you know that's really cool. It's like that's that's really fantastic. And I know there's a lot of musicians that are having a lot harder time than I am just because, like I said, I'm lucky, fortunate one that has a vintage guitar shop job right. that's you know yes. keeping me going. And also, you know, this is like the greatest celebration. This I got I I achieved. The one perk of old age is that I paid my house off. So, oh wow! Yeah, so so we got we did the last house payment in February, and then you know the pandemic hit in March. So it couldn't have happened at a better time because it's like if I was you know if I was having to still do this mortgage payment, the story would be quite different right now. So you know I'm a luck I'm a lucky one, but there's a lot of them that aren't as lucky as I am, and so this whole musical map thing is is super great, man. That's that's like so cool. It's gonna be so fun, and I just can't wait for you to see what happens. But yeah, it's so cool. And I actually I also did get Kay Whitney's endorsement to use lose image, and I love that as well. That is that is so great, man. Yes. Yeah, it's all freaking turning out great. 
Yes, it's so wonderful, and I just thought to have you on, so thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome so much. Okay. All right, talk to you later. All right. DaleWileyShow.com.